Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Anybody want to guess what the result of the abomination will be? We covered this over the last two uh, lessons. Desolation. (laughs) That would be doom and gloom is going to be the result. This, I have to keep saying this over and over again. This is a direct warning to Jews. It is not a direct warning to a New Testament Christian living in the church age. Matthew 24 is not, was not, and will not be for the church ever. We're going to look at a few of those things right now. Let's read verse 16 and 18 again. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. That's what the warning to the Jews are going to be. We already talked about the events surrounding the abomination and all that, so we're not going to get into that tonight. We already laid the context and the groundwork. But it's going to be go time. It's going to be flee into those mountains. Get Mark chapter 13 just so we can cover all of the cross references. Mark chapter number 13. And let's start reading in verse number 14. The Bible says, but when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet. Standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand, then let them that be in Judea flee into the mountains, and let him that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein to take anything out of his house. And let him that is in the field not turn back again for to take up his garments. It's going to be flee into the mountains. And if you are on your housetop, Don't waste time going into your house to gather or grab anything because time is of the essence. We're going to get into that a little bit more a little bit later, but it isn't time to do anything but flee into the mountains. That's the time to go. All right, let's get our Luke cross-reference so we can cover that as well. Luke 21. Luke chapter 21, verse number 21. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter there into. That means if you're in Judea, flee to the mountains. If you're in the countries, don't enter into Judea. You go too. You don't have time to come back to Judea. Get yourself a going and flee, flee, flee. Guess what this is? 
a physical flame to physical mountains by a physical people and they're fleeing for physical salvation. All of it is physical. All of it is earthy in nature. And the Jews are going to need physical endurance because it is going to be a flea for their lives. They're not going to waste time gathering clothes. If they're working out in the field, they're not going to return back to gather any of their garments. They're going to go. Now, in Matthew chapter 24, the Lord also brings out two problems that are going to be very apparent and very real to these folks. And let's look at them in our Matthew 24 passage. Let's get back there. Look at verse number 19. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. What are the two problems? Babies and children, that's one. And then winter weather conditions are going to be the two problems because they're going to have to flee into the mountains. Um, we see it in Matthew um, 13. Uh, Let's, why don't we just keep our fingers there? Because I'd like to flip back and forth. Let's stay in uh, Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. But woe unto them, uh, Mark 13, verse 17 that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days, and pray that your flight be not in the winter. Uh, Luke 21, we see the same thing. Verse 23, but woe unto them that are with child and them give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land. That, again, would be what land? Israel in the land and wrath upon this people. Who is this people? I got news for you. It ain't us. It's the Jews. It's Israel. It's their land. It's their people. It's Daniel's people, but they're going to have a problem. In Psalm 127, it says, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord. That's a popular verse. And the fruit of the, of the womb is his reward. It's got to be pretty bad for the Lord now to take a step back and say, You got young babies? You got children? It's going to be a hindrance. Put yourself in that situation. Mom's got to now grab her kid or kids and dad has to grab his kid or kids and they got to go. It's going to be a rough road. So the Lord's bringing this out. They're either going to have to carry them if they're not old enough or strong enough to walk or run or flee that whole distance. I'm assuming that another hindrance around that would be elderly people. I'm assuming that that would be kind of by, by, by default in there. But then also we have weather conditions. I got this long driveway. 
it's it's a thousand feet to our house and it slopes down and if you don't have it cut right in the winter if it's hot and dry during the summer fine but when it gets cold that's not so bad when it gets wet and cold that's bad unless it freezes but you know you you're just sloshing all over the place so the weather is going to play a big big deal it's going to be tough for parents children are going to be in hindrance and they're going to be an inconvenience only because it is go time the prayer for rain for my crops to grow that all goes away it's i don't want it i don't want it i don't want to be wet and cold i got to get to the mountains all right so those are the two warnings or the two problems that come along with those warnings uh, look at Matthew chapter 24. Look at verse number 20. You only think that Matthew 24 is for the church if you have been convinced by someone who doesn't teach the Bible. They take the Bible and have it teach what they want to believe and you get all mixed up. You couldn't make Matthew 24 for the church unless you willfully, willfully just disregard clear passages. And here's one of them. Look at verse 20. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. I'm not being judged during any Sabbath. The Sabbath is, is of no concern of mine. Old Testament laws will never come back into the New, in the New Testament Christian life ever. I find rest in the Lord Every day, I'm not looking for a Sabbath day of rest, but who would be doing that? The Jews. Sabbath has no bearing upon a Christian. Get Colossians chapter number two. Keep your finger in those three passages that we want to stay at. Colossians two. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians two. Verse number 16. Well, I just think the Sabbath. Well, here's what it says in verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in me that you would be us or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. None of these days. None of these days. That's why it doesn't, none of these days matter. Doesn't matter what day you celebrate or don't celebrate. Doesn't matter what Sabbath you want to try to celebrate or not celebrate. It doesn't matter. Let nobody judge you in that. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. That's not for us. We're not judged concerning any Sabbath ever. We never will be. We are the body of Christ. The other thing, we'll get Daniel 12. Keep your finger in Matthew 24. Let's go back to Daniel chapter number 12. Right before Hosea, Ezekiel, and then you'll come to Daniel. All right, I think I got my place saved where I need to be. Um, by the way, So I have this note here for Psalm 22, verse 6, and it says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. 
they shall prosper that love thee. I don't believe Matt joined force with the church at all. But I believe this, we should pray for Israel. Why? That they prosper. This idea we're just going to forget about Israel and they're not God's chosen people is a bunch of, it's just false. God's chosen people is that nation. And he is going to turn back and he is going to do everything that he promised that he would do for that nation. They're going to get their land. They're going to be restored to him. And we need to pray for Israel. We're not praying for Israel and we think we're going to go through it. Not only do we have it flipped upside down on its head, it's just wrong doctrine. It's completely and entirely wrong. Daniel chapter 12, verse number one. Now watch this. Stay with me. Watch it. And at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered every one that shall be found written in the book. Michael has always been Israel's protector. You can't miss this unless you want to miss it. Look at it. The great prince withstandeth for the children of the New Testament church. No, it's not there. It won't ever be there. Thy people. Thy people. We see it again toward the end of the verse. At that time, thy people shall be delivered. You know why I'm not going to be delivered? You know why you're not going to be delivered in Daniel 12? Because we already are. We already are. And we're not going backwards. Daniel's people, not for the church. Matthew 24, look at verse 21. That's the quote. That's where Matthew 24, 21 comes from. Read it with me in verse 21. Go through it with me. We're in, uh, for then shall be great tribulation. Such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Where's that taken from? It's taken from Daniel chapter number 12, verse number one. Who's that written to? Daniel's people. You can't show me one New Testament verse. Where this is cross-referenced. It's not in any epistle anywhere in the New Testament. Why? Because it ain't for us. We need to learn from it. We need to know how things are going to play out. But it is undoubtedly and absolutely 100% written with Israel in view, not with us as a New Testament church. I am not going to flee to the mountains. And neither are you. There is nothing for us to flee from. I don't dwell in Jerusalem. I don't dwell in Judea. Romans 8 says, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. I, I'm the temple of the living God. I'm not concerned with temples in Jerusalem. I'm not concerned with earthly things in Jerusalem. 
I have the indwelt Holy Spirit. There's not going to be any reason for me to flee. I'm not worried about land, mountains, houses in Judea, none of that. When you look at Matthew 24, when you look at Mark chapter 13, when you look at Luke chapter number 21, you don't see no reference to the church in any of these passages. Nowhere. You want to make it more obvious to you? See, I don't believe that. I just don't believe it. I just made up my mind and I just don't believe it. You don't believe it because you don't want to believe it. You just don't want to see it. Watch, watch. I'll show you. Look at this. See if you can see this with me. Matthew 24. Matthew chapter 24. Look at verse 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But here it is. Watch. For the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. I'm just telling you right now, replacement theology is absolutely false. Unequivocally, you couldn't get any more false than replacement theology. Calvinism teaches replacement theology. They think they're Israel. Roman Catholicism teaches replacement theology. They think they're Israel. Every false Christian sect that gets confused thinks they're Israel and they're not. It's crept into independent fundamental Baptist church. They think they, they, they don't have a, a Catholic pope. They have a Baptist pope. They think they're Israel. They're not. We are not going to inherit any of the promises that God gave the nation. We are individual Christians placed into a body. This isn't a national deal for us, but it's a national deal for Israel. Not following Calvin, the Pope, or the Baptist Pope, or anybody that thinks they're Israel. Now look at Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. I'd like to make it a little bit more obvious to you. Romans 11. Look at verse 26. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Sion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerned, by the way, I thought my sins were already paid for and taken care of. They are. If you're saved, they are. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the father's sake. The elect here, here is Israel. It is not believers. People think when the word elect comes up, but that's us. We're elect. That's No, that's Calvinism. That's Roman Catholicism. You've got to run verses, all of the verses, give all of the context so that you understand that. And we're going to look at that in a second. But Israel, not believers, the elect here are the ones in Romans chapter 11 and in Matthew 24. These elect are the ones that are going through this time of Jacob's trouble, this tribulation time. Why are they going through the tribulation? 
Why? Because they are enemies of the gospel. You know why the elect can't be me? You know why it can't be you if you're saved? I am not, and you are not. If you're saved, you're not an enemy of the gospel. That is not you. That is the nation. It is not you, and it never will be you. Not in this context. They are going through the tribulation because they are enemies of the gospel. Now, remember we did that lesson. We talked about when you see a word in the Bible, you have a a general uh, definition. We talked about it on salvation uh, or being saved can mean, mean delivered. But every time saved comes up, it doesn't mean it's talking about spiritual salvation. Remember that lesson we did all that? Everybody gets that. You got to do the same thing with the elect. You got to do the same thing with all words in the Bible. You've got to define them generally, but then you've also got to back up and define them within the context. What does elect mean? Especially chosen by God. So anytime you see that word, that word elect show up in your Bible, you can mark it down that always it will mean it's something or someone specially chosen by God. That's what it means. But it does not always mean it's the church. Are we elect? Are we in Christ? We are. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you are elect. But I got news for you. When you read Romans 11, that's not you. When you read Matthew 24, that's not you. Well, I just don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Okay. Get get 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy 5. I just think when the elect shows up, it's just got to be us. Okay. First Timothy chapter number five. Look at verse number 20. Them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels. Is that you? Who would that be? Angels that are elect, that God calls elect angels. That thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. What do we have here? Elect angels. That means they're angels and not humans. That means they're angels and not Christians. That means they're elect and it ain't you and it ain't me. Because we're not angels. Now, I point that out to show you that when you see something in the Bible, you've got to run all the verses. You've got to get the entire context. You can't cherry pick stuff to make it fit into your theology, which is what the Roman Catholic popes did and priests did and what John Calvin did. And now is what is happening all over the world, especially with this so-called false Christianity. We see it in a widespread way in this modern Six Flags Over Jesus Entertainment Church. We'll just cherry pick some verses and, you know, you say your prayer, Jabez, and you're going to get blessed with all this stuff. (laughs) Except the prayer of Jabez and this, you know, have enough faith and you'll get all these blessings. What, who do they think they are? When you hear that, Who do they think they are? 
Israel. Why? Because those passages can be applied to Israel because they were for Israel, because when they obeyed God, they did get blessed physically. But we are not guaranteed physical blessings here on this earth. Do you think that the guy that's trying to discover Martians and have us live out in space is being blessed by God because he's the richest man in the world? I mean, he's, however many billions he has, he's a billion times smarter than me. I can't figure out how to get up that high. But some of the humblest, poorest, where their bodies are so physically unhealthy are some of the most strongest Christians. If I introduced you to some of them and I told you about some of them, and, and, and I will after, after church, you can go research them online. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of an older couple right now. They don't have anything. Nothing. Except body pain, heartache pain, and no material possessions. But they got something that all these rich people don't have. Spiritual blessings that so outweigh the physical that it can't be compared. And you know what we've got? I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be successful. And I know what it's like to do something where it's so spiritually, emotionally, and mentally draining that you think to yourself, is this really worth it? And why do you keep going? Because the spiritual blessing so outweighs the physical. That's why you keep going. And no matter what you're going through, monetarily, materially, down here in this world, that doesn't mean that you're not right with God. It just means that you don't got any money and that you got problems with your health and that your body hurts and that things aren't going well. And I'm sorry. I know I've been through some, I've been through some junk. That doesn't change our spiritual blessings, and it never will. And the more we focus on Judea and mountains and flip, we're not a physical people. We are a spiritual people. This is not our home. Hence the term Pilgrim Baptist Church. Our home is a spiritual home, and we're going to gather there. It's going to be great. These angels in 1 Timothy 5, Christ didn't die for them. They're elect angels. God didn't choose them from the foundation of the world to be saved. They're elect angels. They're specially chosen by God. It's simply a group of angels. Lucifer fell. And you know what he did? He took some angels. He led some angels away. All the angels didn't get led away. Some of them stayed. Those would be the elect angels, specially chosen by God. It fits our general definition. 
and they have a special ministry from God. And he calls them the elect because they're of God. They're specially chosen. We need to be careful about reading a word in the Bible and then forcing it into a theological system rather than just trying to honestly read the Bible. And I'm telling you, Lord helping me. And the Holy Spirit helping me. I honestly, there's been so many things that I have changed in my Christian belief system after I got saved that I honestly, I am ready to change my mind at the drop of a hat. If I see something in the Bible, I want to, I desire, and I want our church to really want to look at the Bible honestly and say, you know what? I can't have my will be done. I want the Lord's will. That doesn't mean we're not going to disagree on things. But with, I'm going to tell you, because we got a bunch of us that are raising kids. Some of us will be raising kids. And some have already raised kids and can just kind of chuckle at this. The ones that haven't raised kids can just be like, oh no, is it really going to be this bad? And those of us that are raising kids, we're, you know, our head is so far into the sand that we, you know, you know, your children listen in different ways. And you, you get you get their eyes and you know that they're listening with intent, like, OK, give it to me, mom, give it to me, dad. I'm ready. And they're just their hearts are open, their minds are open, they want to get it. But then, you know, you have either the same child on a bad day or another child and you're trying to get their eyes. They're listening, but they could care less. They've already made up their mind that they're going to go jump in the lake. And you told them not to go jump in the lake. They already made up their mind. I'm going to the cookie jar. I'm going to eat five cookies before dinner. I'm just waiting until mom's done lecturing me and she's going to go back to sewing or doing something. And I'm in there. You don't want to be that kid. You want to be the one that's listening with the intent to get it. That's what we have to do when the Bible says to study, to show thyself approved from God. That doesn't mean you're going to get everything right when you read the Bible. It doesn't mean you're going to agree on everything when we all read the Bible and come together. It's an impossible, impossible task. But here's what it means. We should honestly come before God and say, God, show me the truth. I just want to see it. Just want to see it. Careless study and careless teaching is messing up a lot of people on end times. You can't just take a word like we said and force it. Look at verse number 22 and we'll close out this last verse. If you think that the church is elect here, read verse 22, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. We already looked at it. It's very obvious in Romans 11. If the elect was us, I'm an enemy of the gospel. Of course not. Doesn't even make sense. But look here. It is not possible for me to lose what God has already given. Are you saved? Have you trusted Christ? I'm saved. 
and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. How in the world can it can can I be the elect in that passage, or can you be the elect in this passage if we can lose what God said He gave us? It's impossible. And through careless teaching, through cherry picking Bible teaching, people have gotten completely and entirely confused. I know this isn't a salvation issue, but if you and I are going to go out and sow seed and, and, and knock doors and pass out tracks and wear scripture T-shirts and put signs on our cars and hold and hold verses down on the square. Do we want the days to be shortened or longer or longered? Is that a word? That's a southern word. We want them to be longer. God, give me some more hours so I can sow some more seed for you. Why in the world? Would we want a shorter day for people to be saved? We wouldn't. We would want longer days. Except if you're a Jew going through the tribulation. Because when God says it's time to flee, when that abomination of desolation is set up and it's time to flee, guess what they're fleeing for? Their physical lives to be saved. Guess what they're going to need and guess what God's going to do? Shorten the days. So the flight is easier. The flea is easier. And more people are saved physically. You want people to be saved spiritually like we're doing right now? You want longer days. It wouldn't make any sense. People are dying. Everybody's going to get killed. And God says, I'm shortening the days as they flame the mountains. For the elect's sake. Who's the elect? In this passage. Now we're coming up, we're going to do a lesson. I can't do it tonight. But we're going to do a, a lesson on the elect. We'll hit this verse we hit on the angels briefly, but we'll have all different sorts of contacts on the elect. And by the time we're done that, we should have a good understanding of contextually what the Bible means when it says elect in its context. God shortens the days here in verse 22. Because they're going to get into a promised kingdom. When you got saved, you were put into a kingdom, but it wasn't a physical kingdom. It was a spiritual kingdom. You are in that kingdom. During this time. They're not going to be fleeing for anything spiritual in nature other than they're obeying what God told them to do. Okay, we get that. But they're fleeing to that mountain to be saved physically so that they can enter into the millennial kingdom. That promise, and they're going to get the promises that God told them. They're going to be saved. One mistake leads to two mistakes. Two mistakes leads to three mistakes. And I just want us to get this end time stuff. I want us to get this Matthew 24 stuff. Wasn't for the church, won't be for the church. And I hope tonight it gave you some things to pray about and to chew on. We'll get into the elect lesson soon enough. Lord willing, next Thursday we will press on and probably cover all the way the verse 
28. Sound good? All right, amen. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.